Football is back in this Raven season. There are huge prizes to be won at Safeway. Enter Safeway's Flock In and Win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or autographed Ravens merchandise. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at SafewayFlockInAndWin.com. Safeway makes sure Ravens fans have all of their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Safeway, the official supermarket of the Baltimore Ravens. The is it morning yet deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so very much for joining in to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky, and I want to encourage you guys. We've got a free three secrets to dialogue with the Holy Spirit download available for you. So I, I want to encourage you, if you want to draw near to the Holy Spirit, you want to dialogue with Him, you want to grow in fellowship with Him, sign up for that download, three secrets to dialogue with the Holy Spirit. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast episode because today I have a very special guest, evangelist Caleb Wampler. He's a missionary evangelist who's got a passionate desire to know Jesus and to advance his kingdom into the earth. He opened a pastor's home and he's had a number of supernatural and incredible encounters with the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. His life and his ministry is marked by supernatural encounters does large-scale crusades around the world, and he's just recently come back from some trips overseas, and so I want to get some of those stories of what he saw God do in him and through him for the glory of Jesus. So please help me welcome evangelist Caleb Wampler to Adventures in the Spirit. Caleb, welcome. Hey, thank you so much, Jared. It's a pleasure to be with you and a great honor. Looking forward to today. Yes. Oh, so am I, brother. It's exciting what God is doing in you and through you. So I'd love to hear your story in your bio, seeing what God has done. Wow. Or just hearing, you know, that God is using you in signs and wonders around the world and knowing where you've been, where you've traveled. I've titled this episode going into all the world because you're going into all the world. But can you tell us your story of how Jesus got a hold of you early on in life? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, it started in my childhood, actually, and uh, I was a pastor's kid, as you mentioned in the bio, but uh, just grew up in a home that was just fired up, man. I remember the all-night prayer meetings and uh, kind of the holy roller days, people running around the sanctuary and, uh, you know, running off the platform and just having just having a, a presence of God-driven church. And um, But my parents were the real deal, even at home, and it really marked my life because a lot of pastor's kids uh, have their falling out moments from the ministry, but I, I always loved the Lord from an early age. And uh, I remember at six years old, I heard his voice for the very first time. I was uh, going through uh, the worst possible sin you could ever imagine 
uh, and I had committed it, you know, and I went to an altar and the funny thing is I don't even know what it was anymore, but I was down at an altar crying out to God, Lord, you got to forgive me. And, and, and I heard him so clearly he said, my son, your sins are forgiven. And I, I, I looked up and it was an audible voice and there was nobody around. And, uh, and I looked to my left and right and behind me, there wasn't anybody in my vicinity. And I knew at the moment I had heard the voice of God and, uh, and it started to shape me and shake me at seven years old, got baptized in the Holy ghost, eight years old, uh, got knocked down by the power of God, hit my head on a pew and on the floor, kind of a double smack, bam, bam. And I was out for an hour and, uh, my friends came up filling my head and they said, what happened to you? You know, and, and, uh, and, uh, I said, I encountered God and they started feeling my head and I was like, what are you touching me for? You know? And they're like, we heard you hit your head on the pew and they're expecting this giant lump there, but there was no lump. I had encountered the power of God. And in my eight year old mind, it was like, if God could push me down and hit my head on a pew and me not have a bump on my head, he could do anything. You know, <laughs> I, I, I believed it so fullheartedly. And so even at that age, you know, just had a hunger for the Lord. And, and uh, I remember asking my dad and my mom, I said, you know, I want to reach my school for Jesus. What do I do? And they said, well, what do you like to do? And I said, I like to play sports. So my dad said, start an after school sports club, tell people about Jesus. And I said, that sounds great. My mom made some flyers up and we ended up having a, you know, four square and hopscotch and dodgeball and everything you could think of at a little parking lot with, with 20 uh, people sometimes added. And we would do all of that for 30 minutes. And then I would preach the gospel and uh, they would come to Christ every single week at this thing. So, you know, from the childhood on, uh, just really encountered the Lord at 16 years old, had a, a crazy encounter in a basement in Nebraska of a home for a small group that had about 40 teenagers in it and uh, ended up take being taken out of my body in this vision of heaven. And uh, it marked my life, you know, and I remember I had to get carried out and my, my youth leaders drove me home. I had driven my car there, but I couldn't even move. I had no mobility at all. They literally drove me home in the back seat and carried me up the steps to my parents' house. I missed curfew that night. And, you know, this, my dad's going, what did you, what did you do to my kid? You know? And they said, the kids are saying he went to heaven, you know? And so just, there's just, there was just moments of childhood and, and as a teenager where God got a hold of me. And so, uh, really this is what we've been praying for all our lives to be doing now. Well, you said something that really intrigues me. I'm not sure how much of it you can talk about, about your vision to heaven, unless you've been released to, if you could share that or, or not, you know, because I know Apostle Paul said something who went to heaven and saw unutterable things, things he couldn't talk about. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can lease us to say things. Could you share a little bit on that or do I have to move on to something else? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm happy to. I, I've always, I only go into bits and pieces of it when I start talking about it. Cause when I get too into it, I start crying and I can't, <laughs> I can't uh, really do anything else the rest of the day. Cause it's so personal. But I remember that night there was, like I said, about 40 teenagers there and ended up having um, this encounter where I ended up getting slain in the spirit. I was laying on the ground. Nobody prayed for me. I just fell out just in my own, <laughs> my own moment. And when I was taken up, I was all of a sudden face down, almost on like this magic carpet kind of thing from Aladdin, you know, and, and that's the best way I can describe it. And I was hovering over the streets of gold. It's like I wasn't allowed to look up fully in the moment, but I saw to my peripherals, I saw Abraham, I saw David, I saw some of these heroes of the faith like Peter, and they were waving at me like, 
like, but they weren't allowed to talk to me in the vision. They were seeing me, but it was like, it wasn't my time yet. And so they weren't able to converse with me in this way. And so I saw the streets of gold. I saw angels flying all around, some with uh, no wings, two wings, four wings, six wings. Like it was just every type of uh, imaginable kind of angel in it. Also uh, saw all of these colors, colors we don't even have here on the planet. But I guess the, the easiest way to kind of explain some of it is down here, it was like, you know, I might see a color. I'm like, wow, that's a cool color. Oh, that's a, that's a nice shirt or that's a nice car or wow, that I, man, that, that looks really good. But it's like up there seeing one piece of the color of one color. It's like I could be mesmerized with it for a thousand years for all of eternity, like thanking Jesus for the beauty of his creation, that, that Father God would create this amazing experience and and that I would get the chance to even partake it. Like he created it just for me. It was so personal and so wonderful that like for a thousand years, I could be thinking of the beauty in worship to the Lord of just that one color. And so it was like times that times all of the colors times that by all of the vast fields of flowers. And I'd never thought about mountains, but I saw mountains in the heavens and I saw uh, uh, fields and flowers and the flowers that were singing and, and just different things like this. Like, I'll just say one other thing, like with the smell, like I remember like smelling the scent that I've never smelled on the earth. And it was like that one smell, like I, it was like the experience of that smell caused me to worship the Lord so much. And with each flap of an angel's wing or footstep from uh, from the saints that have gone before us or, or or whatever it may have been it was like everything was this beautiful symphony and everything was in perfect unison at all times to, my ears were happy my eyes were happy my smell was happy like my my taste like I, I didn't taste anything there that I was able to like eat or taste but I imagine my taste would have been off the charts you know tasting and seeing that the Lord is good but it was just the the, the full experience of it all was causing this worship to the Lord. And, you know, before it, kind of to the shorter version of it, I went to, to the uh, throne room of the father and it was like, I wasn't allowed to move. I couldn't see anything. I was face down. I didn't see in that particular vision. I didn't see Jesus or, or the Holy spirit, or any of that. And it's like, I couldn't see the father. I was face down and I couldn't move at his feet as though dead. And uh, he ended up telling me some personal things, but he said, he's coming back again that the church doesn't believe he's returning again in this season. And he asked me if I would be a voice all of my days to declare that he's returning and coming again. And so that was kind of the shorter version of it. And when I came back to Jared, there was this angel that was escorting me back to basically back to the earth is the best way I can explain it. And I was in the basement of this house. And when I got to the top of the house, I could see myself laying on the ground. And there was a bunch of people around me. I looked over at the angel. And the only time I interacted with that angel was I said, that's not me. This is me. And I was pointing to my spirit, you know, which was with the angel. But I, like that was my body. It was like some foreign random thing that that was dust to dust. But like this was the real me. I was in spirit, you know, in, in that moment, I was sucked back into my body. And at that moment, I couldn't move through a series of events. But I remember um, when I came to. I was trying to say, you're never going to believe what's going to, ha what just happened to me. And I was like trying to say it because I had people holding my hands, touching my body. There was probably like 25 or 30 people that were just surrounding me at that moment. 
but I couldn't even like open my eyes or move my arms. I, I was so immobilized, you know, just from the encounter. And I, one of the one of the girls that was next to me said, uh, "You don't have to say anything. You've already told us everything." And I'm like, I, I was like, "What do you What do you mean?" I'm, I'm I, I, it didn't make sense to me, but somehow when I was in heaven, I was speaking out what I was seeing while I was there, but my body was like like speaking it out. And so everybody was coming around me, crowding around. And so it was this just an amazing experience where everybody got to be a part of it through the encounter. And this was like pre, you know, cell phones and pre all this one. As I, I like, I've always wished somebody should have recorded that or like, you know, at that moment, because it was one of the most powerful moving moments of my life. But I mean, even at 16, you know, barely just getting my license processing, like, what do I do with something like this, you know, but it, it changed my life. So was this about the same time that you were called into ministry and then launched out to the nations? I had been already ministering even as a kid. I, I always find it hard to know when was the day I started because even at eight years old, I was like already leading people to Christ, you know, every single week. So I was like, I always tell, told my teenagers, if God calls you to ministry, then do it now. Like you don't need to wait till someday, you know, when I was youth pastoring back in the day. But, but anyways, yeah, I, that moment was very profound to me. I knew God had called me and commissioned me for sure. But uh, over the course of the next few years, ended up going into Bible school, youth ministry, and eventually got a chance to serve in a very large evangelistic ministry where everything finally made sense to me for the first time. It's like, I'd always seen pastors, always seen missionaries. I'd never really saw much beyond that in my denominational background. But, but when I finally got around burning evangelists and the souls and then prophetic ministry with, as my eyes started to open and see in the spirit and things like that, I just, this whole evangelism and prophetic ministry started to open. And it's like, this is where, what I was born for. This is why I'm here. Amen. And then now you've been doing crusades around the world. How did you step into that? And what have you seen God do through that? Yeah, we actually just uh, yesterday celebrated our five-year anniversary since launching the ministry, uh, Kingdom Encounters International. I was serving in a, a large evangelistic ministry before that as an assistant. And and so that was really where things awakened in my heart. And finally, I was able to to witness and see that God could literally save the masses. I always, I always had a hard time answering the question of what what nation you're called to and what are you called to specifically because I always felt this global calling, Jared. And it was hard for me as a teenager because I think the paradigm people were in was like, oh, you're a missionary to a nation. And so you go to that nation and you know give your life for that nation. But I always felt this global harvest thing. And when I was 14, the Lord had told me I was going to be part of a coming billion soul harvest. Mm -hmm. And so with that in the back back of, uh, of, the, of the picture, I always knew that this global evangelism crusade thing was going to happen at some point. I just didn't know what it looked like. I had heard of Billy Graham, but never really saw like what what could actually happen or could, did that still happen today? I didn't know anybody that did that, you know. And so about five years ago when we launched and we were heading out, we started going to the nations and places like Pakistan and Sri Lanka and India, Bangladesh and uh, and all of these different countries in the 1040 window and watching mass harvests of people by the by the thousands, tens of thousands. And now even we've had multiple crusades with hundreds of thousands as well and um and, and watching people come to christ so we've seen everything from the blind see the deaf hear cripples walk the mute speak cancer leaving covid getting healed i mean 
just all of it to to the beautiful little one-on-one moments in homes where you're leading people to Christ in an airport or a gas station, you know. Our heart just burns to see people come to Christ, but really like I guess I've always hoped that I would die on the fields of the nations, you know. That's where you would find me cuz that's where I feel like God has called my life. You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy eCourse on CharismaCourses.com. Through this powerful e-course, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. That's exciting. I love that. So when you're at a crusade, can you describe the anointing that you sense, that you feel, that is the anointing that sees blind eyes open, the demons cast out, you know, the dead raised, amen? Can you describe that anointing and then how you flow in that? Yeah, you know, I, I remember the first crusade we ever went to, it was in Pakistan, and I remember uh, thinking in my mind with some of my uh, mentors and predecessors who had been in ministry I was like, I had still never necessarily seen a miracle myself, but I'm like, you know, <laughs> I was like, here it goes. I'm like, it worked for them. It's, uh, it's going to work for me kind of thing. And the presence of God just came on and, and this faith thing rose up in my spirit, the anointing hit and the faith, it wasn't just faith. It was like the faith of God or something. It wasn't just great faith that moved the centurion's heart. Like it was like, it's like I had God's faith for a moment. And all of a sudden, you just I just felt invincible. I don't know how else to explain it. And I was like, nothing can stop me. No power of hell. Like, you just enter into this other realm. I don't know how to explain it. And, like, nothing is going to stop you. And I remember that first night, I, I declared out all these healings to take place. And, I, I you know, at that time, you're, you're you know, wondering, never having seen a miracle. <laughs> like, in the back of your head, you're going, is this really working? <laughs> But like, but in the present moment, I was like, this is going to happen in Jesus name. And I remember that night there was a several healings, but I remember a 16 year old girl that was stabbed in the eye with a needle that was blind in one eye, ended up getting her sight back. And I'm sitting here like, this is happening. Like it, the presence of God works. Like Jesus actually does heal the sick and he cleanses the lepers and casts out demons. And all these demons were manifesting all over the field. And they're like getting set free one at a time. All the, all the powers of hell couldn't stand against the name of Jesus and by the blood. And I remember that fourth night of the campaign, we had a a guy march in with a a dignitary surrounded by 15 guys with AK 47s. And uh, they came marching in and I, I had thought in my head, like I'm already going to die on my first crusade. Like (laughs) I'm, I'm illegally preaching the gospel in this country. I'm not supposed to be preaching the gospel in by their by their laws and 
And here I am preaching it boldly and openly. And now this dignitary comes in. It's all over for me before it started, you know, and these guys march into the tent and the, the, the dignitary comes on stage. Uh, he ends up being the police chief for the entire region. He ends up getting saved. He ends up getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. All of the 15 guys with AK-47s all got saved. They all got for the Holy Spirit. And just this audible wind enters the tent because I had said the wind of the Holy Spirit's going to come. And, you know, th that's always a figure of speech. You know, we pray for the fire and pray for the wind. And that was how I always thought of it. But in that moment, the literal wind of the Holy Spirit came in. Everybody heard it. And it came in in an enclosed tent, swept through our midst in the like everybody was just hitting the floor. Demons were getting cast out. We had 3000 people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, and I walked away from that first night. Oh, yeah, we had a weather miracle, too. I forgot about that. The, wow. <laughs> the permits had been canceled, Jared, for the crusade on the day I arrived. And we prayed out to our prayer partners. We said, you got to pray right now. You know, it's our first crusade and it's getting canceled. Well, the fog supernaturally lifted over the city. Wow, that's amazing. Can you share one more testimony uh, of how you've seen God, like maybe recently from your time in India, of a miracle or healing that has taken place? And, and then kind of describe the principle for us if someone wants to move in that power. Yeah, you know, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share a story from Haiti. This actually just happened in February. It was our, I guess we were in India most recently and then Haiti just before, but it was one of the smallest crusades we've ever done. We've, we've, the largest crusade we've done is had 254,000 people that got saved in Pakistan in a single night. And so we, we've seen over a quarter of a million in a night. This crusade, it had maybe a total over, over multiple nights of maybe four to 700 people that came uh, over the course of the crusade. I mean, it's a very small crusade in a village that had never heard the gospel. And we got there and we had been getting these prophetic words before the trip about how it was going to be about the power of the one. Well, you know, in a crusade ministry, we, we see the masses come to, to Christ, but knowing that every single masses is, is ones, ones, ones all around coming to Christ. So we go after the harvest, but it's, it is one person at a time coming to Christ in that way. But in this crusade, it was weird because like the rain hit, this witchcraft was going on. We kept hearing there was these witches around and witches had gathered in the back of the field. The, it starts getting rained out. And I had been walking uh, with my assistant around the field and we had both felt particularly drawn to this one house uh, that was that was over at the side that needed some special prayer. It's like, I don't know why we were like, we were supposed to go in there and pray for somebody. And so I'm on the on the platform, we're getting rained out. And eventually um, end up going over to this uh, to this house uh, when when the rains came and we walk in there and we're like, like, can we go pray for whoever's in this house? And somebody had been hit with a their foot had been broken in an earthquake from Haiti years before, uh, prayed for the person, prayed for the people. But I'm like, there's something still missing, you know, and, and all of a sudden this gentleman was in the background that just like, I didn't see him at first. He wasn't there. He must have slipped in while I was praying or something. And I like look at him. Turns out he was a witch. We ended up, <laughs> we ended up leading him to Jesus Christ on the spot, and uh, he repents and recants, renounces everything that he had been doing, uh, gives his life to Jesus on the spot, uh, leaves his life of addiction and perversion, and it was just amazing to watch the power of God hit him. But the theme of the trip, as we were finding out, when I walked into the crowd, I started going after all of these ones 
in the crowd, Jared, and the Lord was like supernaturally like pointing out different people. And I'm like, like, you need Jesus. Like, do you want to give your life to Jesus? You need to repent right now. And their prophetic words started flowing. And before you knew it, we actually started going to the back of the area. And all of these witches, one by one, were repenting. And they weren't looking us in the eyes. And we were, at first we were a little bit confused. But we found out later on that witches had come to try to just like wreak havoc on us. They had been doing blood sacrifices for the months preceding the crusade because they had heard that there were servants of God coming. And so they were going to village, to that village, which is blood sacrifice, voodoo, and the witches were eating the children. And just the most disgusting, demonic, putrid things you can think of. And when those same witches came to the field, they came to cast spells on us, voodoo. They have, Haiti has a, a voodoo contract with voodoo they ended up giving their lives to jesus repenting and have now become evangelists in the village and are going to everybody saying we don't have the real power the servants of god god's the one that has the true power and he's the one that you need to worship and they're actually preaching jesus in the villages now and so it's it's a pretty profound a supernatural thing. I mean, I could obviously point things out. I mean, India, we had a paralyzed man for four years get off his mat and walk in a village cruise, uh, in a projector screen village. And, uh, you know, uh, an eight, eight wow. month old baby that was blind started to see. And it's hard to pick out just one miracle, but there, there's so many stories of transformation, so many healings and miracles and deliverances. I mean, it's just endless. And and as a child of God, I, I know you'd asked me to, to tell the viewers just principles. I mean, the thing that was beautiful is with these witches, when they were looking at us, they couldn't look at us because all they saw was a fire surrounding us, a fire of God. And they said, these people are like flames of fire. And I felt like that was so profound <laughs> at the moment because that's really what every child of God is like to the enemy. <laughs> like we are flames of inferno that they can't even stare at because we carry within us the light of the, like we are the light of the world. Jesus, yeah. the light of the world. Matthew tells us that we are the world. We are so right friends to the darkness and where there's light, darkness cannot be. They can't coexist. You turn a light on the darkness flees. There's only one thing faster than light by even by science and it's darkness when it flees the light. <laughs> I mean, that's how powerful and potent your life is. And if you if you just had a shift in your thinking and your mentality that you are the light of the world, <laughs> that Jesus the light of the world in you is shining and desiring to shine through you to everybody else. But we oftentimes are just timid fear and we don't really know. And what happens if, if we pray and does, nobody gets healed? And like what, you know, like we, we, we get in our doubts and our minds and our fears and we don't realize how powerful we are. The enemy is actually afraid of us if we were to march forward in Jesus name. Amen. To have you pray an impartation prayer for all of us who are listening in. Would you, would you do that, please? Just pray impartation for power of the holy spirit on our lives yeah of course and uh friends if you're watching today just, just maybe close your eyes right now in jesus name i just i just partation over every viewer for anybody on the podcast that's listening right now i just pray that the fire of god would go through these airwaves right now and in jesus name pray that every single person would have an encounter with you father i pray that eyes would open now 
in Jesus' name that people would begin to see in the Spirit, that they would see Jesus standing before him in, in his glorified body, that they would see the eyes of fire that are in his eyes, that they would see uh, the man who gave his life for all of us and shed his blood so that we might be saved, that they would see Jesus, that angels of the Lord would begin to minister to them right now. And I, I even am seeing uh, people right now that are watching this uh, with having heart palpitations right now, and you've been trying to figure out what's going on with your doctors. And right now I speak to that wayward heart right now in the natural, and I say, be healed now in Jesus' name. And I pray for heart surgery from heaven, for a new heart to enter in right now. And for those that are watching, you've been cold to the faith, but you feel a fire burning in you. You've been stagnant. You've been apathetic right now. You've been complacent. Right now, in the name of Jesus, rise up and begin to walk that God has for your life. I pray for everybody listening right now that the fire of the Holy Spirit would touch them, that a boldness would come upon them, that the light inside of them would shine, 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 and push back all of the layers of darkness and walls that have tried to come around us in this season. I pray that every lying voice of the enemy, every deceptive would be broken off of your hearing right now and that you would only hear the voice of God and that you would him saying, this is the way, walk ye in it in Jesus' name. I speak healing over you and deliverance over you. Uh, some of you have been dealing with night terrors or to speak healing over your over those night terrors now in Jesus name that the angels of the Lord would surround you, that your mind would be renewed and that the mind of Christ would be upon you, that you would see clearly and hear clearly the voice of the Lord and that the enemy's voice would be silenced now in Jesus name. I pray that his plans for you would dissolve, that no plan of the enemy, no weapon formed against you would prosper. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Every giant that is standing before you, I pray that it falls now in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are in the bondages of debts, uh, not receiving uh, 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 paychecks, that are in lawsuits right now, that are dealing with financial obstacles and, and, and past deals. Right now, I pray for debts to be canceled in Jesus' name and that your that through the fruit of the blessing that is upon your life, that you would fund the harvest in Jesus' name and that you would be faithful and true to what God is calling you to do. I pray for families to be reconciled and restored. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus for everybody that is dealing uh, with this evil spirit of cancer right now, that the power of cancer be broken right now in Jesus' name. And that, uh, that, that thing would just fall off of your life, that, you would, uh, that the blood of Jesus would cover you that you'd feel the anointing of the Lord right now resting upon you. Man, I feel the glory of God right now. And I just release right now through the lens of these cameras and uh, into your homes, into the audio uh, waves right now, wherever you're listening, and just that you would receive uh, an impartation of the presence of God now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Caleb. That was powerful, Caleb. Thank you so very much. My hands are on fire with the presence and power of God right now. Thank you so very much for praying. Caleb, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? And uh, can you share some of your resources that you have available? It's, on, it's hard to talk right now, Jerry. <laughs> Feel the presence well, so of God. That glory. Glory. <laughs> I, um, if, yeah, if you're, if you're following today, again, my name is Caleb Wampler. I'm with a ministry called Kingdom Encounters International website kingdomencounters.us. On there, you're going to find a number of different ways you can stay connected with us. But 
We have a couple of e-courses on there uh, as well. It's just awakening the wonder of your relationship with Christ and taking you through signs and wonders, angels, uh, deliverance, uh, just whatever God is doing in your life, he's going to touch you. So I encourage you to check those out. Uh, I have two books out, Hunger, Forward by Daniel Kalenda, released that about two years ago now. And actually, Jared, you didn't even know this, but uh, I actually yesterday got the very first copy of my brand new book, Weighty Words. I, I have it right here. I don't even have the author copies yet. I ordered this on Amazon. And uh, anyways, it's called Weighty Words, the Forward by Carlos Anacondia the Argentina wow. uh, evangelist. And I would encourage you guys to, to go to Amazon or to the website, kingdomencounters.us. You can books there. Um, we're on social, Facebook, Instagram, in uh, YouTube. We've got about, I think, almost 400 videos up now of YouTube of just healings, miracles, interviews. So again, evangelist Caleb Wampler, that's YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So that's, uh, that's what you can do to stay connected with us. would love to hear from you guys and hear your stories. And you've also got a podcast. Can you share about that? Yeah, our podcast is on the Charisma Podcast Network, and uh, it's called Awaken the Wonder. We have a daily show, and uh, our focus is just awakening the wonder of your relationship with Christ. We have, um, I have sermon clips and uh, and things like that, as well as a, a just a host of uh, interviews that we've done. With, including your very own <laughs> Jared Lasky, as well as people like Dr. Marilyn Hickey. And uh, we've had coaches on as well. They've they've come over to them. And uh, I know that they've been on your show as well, but just a, a number of other people that come on the podcast, just interviews to encourage you in your faith. But yeah, make sure you guys go wherever you listen to podcasts, Awaken the Wonder or Caleb Wampler, and you can find it there. Thank you so very much, guys. That was my new friend, Evangelist Caleb Wampler of Awaken the Wonder Podcast. I want to encourage you guys, reach out to him, get his resources, and subscribe to his podcast, Awaken the Wonder, and also share Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, available anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit.